I was thinking this week about what, what I wanted to share with you. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning from Luke chapter 12. And Luke chapter 12 is just one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture in the Bible. And uh, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus is teaching and his disciples. And then all of a sudden, thousands of people just join the party. And so much so that they're trampling each other. And Jesus just begins to methodically teach them principles that will allow them to be successful in life. And if you, if you think about it, uh, it takes more than just loving God and, 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 and serving Him to be successful in life. I talk to Christians every week who, although they love Jesus and they're going to heaven, there are some principles missing in their life, from their life, and it, it, it keeps them from reaching their maximum uh, potential in life. And so Jesus here, he, in Luke chapter 12, he's going one by one by one, teaching all these principles. And I actually call them uh, high-priority topics. He's teaching these high-priority topics and things like self-image and how to handle money and how to, how to uh, deal with conflict in your life, how to treat other people, leadership, and He's dealing with principles that, that directly determine your level of success in life. So I would like to share uh, one of these with you this morning. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about uh, fear God and not man. In Luke chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, he says this, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing, who after the killing of the body has the power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Isn't that such an encouraging passage? Just, I just wanted to, I just felt the spirit of encouragement just filling the room when I started talking about that this morning, you know? Well, in this passage, Jesus, he's instructing the crowds and the disciples and future generations of Christians. He's telling us that we have our fears targeted. We have our fears aimed in the wrong direction. We have become, as a society, we have become so uh, consumed with fear over temporary things, over earthly things, over things that really aren't going to matter in a few years. And Jesus says, hey, I tell you who you should fear, what you should fear. You should fear God because he has the ability to control your eternal destiny. And the Bible says uh, that God created us. He created our bodies from the earth. And these bodies are going to return to the earth one day. From dust they came, from dust they will return. But God breathed his spirit into Adam and Eve, and our spirit one day is going to stand before God. And he said, that's who you should fear. You shouldn't fear your banker. You shouldn't fear the IRS. There's a lot of things you shouldn't fear, but you should fear the one who has the ability to control your eternal uh, destiny. You know, the Bible tells us that those who live for Jesus, those who have a relationship with Jesus, of course, we get to spend eternity with him. But those who choose to live independently of God, uh, that, that they are going to be thrown into, you know, into a devil's hell. And the Bible tells us that there is a place 
called hell. That, that's not very popular today, is it? Uh, that there is a place called hell. And it's a place uh, for the wicked, that those who don't, are not in right standing with God, are going to go. It's a place of torment, anguish, suffering, darkness, and totally void of God's, of God's presence. And, you know, a lot of times I talk to people and they say, okay, the wicked are going to be separated from God and go to hell, correct? I'm like, absolutely. And they say, but I'm not wicked. I'm a good person. They start listing all the good things they do. But in the Bible, wicked means those who have rejected God, those who have decided to live independently from God, away, away from God. Uh, let me tell you a little story. When we were renting, we're renting a, a daycare. And uh, so every Sunday we had to go in and set up for have church and after church break down. And then the place that that uh, we were meeting, it, it was sold and it was sold to an Indian couple. And I believe they were they were Buddhist or whatever. So a Buddhist church started meeting right after our church on Sunday afternoon. And uh, the crazy thing about it was um, they were habitual thieves. If we left anything in the daycare when they came, it was not there before. So we go to lunch and I'm like, man, I just forgot a brand new jacket in there. So I need to go back and I need to uh, get my jacket. You know, I'm tired. I don't really want to talk to anybody. And so I go in there and sure enough, there's uh, the priest of this religion. And it was uh, actually the original is, is, is Sai Baba. And what they would do, they had a picture of this guy and they would build literally build a stage and a throne and put his picture there and they would worship this guy. And uh, so I go in there and I'm just wanting to get my jacket before they take it. And the priest is there and the priest, he has this chart and he, he just wants, he's emphatic on showing me and converting me or whatever he is. So he's telling me all this stuff. He's like, listen, we believe that all religions are a lamp unto God. All religions, all paths lead to God. And the only evil that there is in the world is people who don't believe like that. And so then he introduced himself to me and said, my name is priest so-and-so. And I'm like, well, hello, I'm evil because I don't believe that, you know. I walked straight through there, got my stuff, and I left. And so isn't that, that's funny that the world just wants to say that, hey, you can do your own thing. And, and, and we're all going to end up in the same place. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said uh, very emphatically in John fourteen six that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what? No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus tells us not to fear situations that are temporary or people who have limited power, but fear him who controls our eternal destiny. And again, we have totally missed this mark. We have totally missed this principle in America. All of the worries, fears, and concerns that I hear as a pastor, they are all directly related to the natural realm. Let me give you an example. No one ever comes into my office and says, Pastor, I just wish you would talk to me, pray for me, because I'm really concerned that I may be headed to hell. I don't get that. Do you know what I do get? Hey, pastor, hey, I'm in trouble. My wife left me. Pastor, I'm in trouble. My kids are in jail. Hey, you know, our family's in trouble because we just found out that one of our kids or one of our family members has cancer. And uh, or pastor, I don't know what to do. We don't have enough money to pay our electric bill. We don't have enough money, uh, you know, to to supply the needs, uh, you know, for our, our, our family. 
And so, again, our fears are directed in the natural realm. You know, studies show that as a nation, we have become a nation of warriors. And one report I read, it said this, that up to 60% of doctor's visits could be eliminated if we were not stressed out by all of our fears. And so I did some research, and this is, this is social science research by the experts. It says this, 52% of the things we worry about will never happen. 30% of the things we worry about are in the past and therefore cannot be changed. And 10% of the things we worry about are totally insignificant. This means that 92% of the things we worry about either will never happen or in the past are so insignificant that they don't, they don't really matter. Now, when I tell that to you, I know I see some of you looking at me and say, well, mine is in the 8%. I, I know that that's true for all these other crazies around me, but mine is, mine are legitimate. My fears, my concerns are, are legitimate. So let's talk about that, about that a little bit this morning. The root word for fear, it comes from an old English word, fair, which literally means to have a sudden attack. And so this word means that everything is going good, and all, then all of a sudden you have just a sudden attack, a panic attack, a something, fear just comes upon you. And the root word for the German word for fear is phara, and it means to be ambushed or snared. And so, see, this is what fear does to us. It attacks us suddenly, and it takes us captive. How many of you have ever, everything is going good, then all of a sudden you're attacked by fear, you're overcome by fear, and the next few hours, days, whatever, They're just wasted because all you do is think about that one thing you're worried about. And so fear has the ability to just uh, just attack you and then it wants to control you. Fear, there are several things that fear does. First of all, fear always leads to inaction. If you're a fearful person, it will always lead to you not taking action in areas that you're supposed to. I believe the devil uses fear against Christians to keep us from doing what God put into our hearts to do. It just leads to inaction. And I'll never forget this. I had resigned my position here, and I was driving to Sugar Land uh, to go survey the church stuff. And and I'm going through Houston. If you've ever been to Houston, it's just huge. I mean, it's just impressive, all these buildings and monuments and huge things. And I got a thought. I was like, hey, what in the world did you do? You don't know anyone here. What do you think you're doing? Call Brother Francis right now and ask him for your job back. And so, you know, I was too prideful to do that. So I did later. I came back and said, man, Brother Francis, I was, you know, I was driving through there and I was just overcome with what in the heck are you doing? You know, you're going to bring your family. You're going to starve. You know, fear just works on you. And, you know, Brother Francis said, no, no, it's normal. It's normal to have those thoughts, but you just have to overcome them. You can't let them, uh, you can't let it just overcome you and lead, uh, you know, to inaction. I heard a story of a census taker. You know, they were doing the U.S. census and, and a guy, one of the census takers, he was doing surveys in a rural area and he was driving around in his car and he was way out in the woods and he, there's just one ranch back there and he sees signs everywhere. It says, beware of the dog. And so he drives up in the, in the, in the 
down the road in front of the house and he's not going to get out because the dog is somewhere. And so he beeps his horn and a little, this little farmer comes out. He's carrying a little chihuahua under his arm. And uh, the guy rolls down his window and says, is that the dog? He said, yes, this is the dog. He said, well, that dog couldn't keep anyone away. He said, no, but the sign sure does. <laughs> Listen, fear will keep you from pursuing God's will for your life. Fear will keep you where you've been. If you're a fear, fearful person in 20 years, you're going to be where you are right now. You're not going to take, you're not going to take ground. You're not going to do anything, uh, of, of consequence for the kingdom of God. So fear leads to inaction and also fear exaggerates itself. Fear always makes the obstacles appear bigger than they really are. And uh, how many of you know that when you're fearful, whenever I'm fearful, I always tell my wife, or I used to, and then she would usually say things like, oh, I thought you were a man of faith, so I quit doing that after a while. But anyway, she's like, you're making it sound bigger than it really is. Oh, no, I'm not. This thing is Goliath, man. This thing is a monster, you know. It's, and she's like, no, it's not that big. But in our minds, when fear comes, fear always exaggerates itself. Fear makes the obstacle appear bigger than it really is, and, and fear just blows things out of proportion. I heard a story this couple for their third anniversary. They went to a state park and they just wanted to get away. No cell phones, you know, no internet, no Facebook, just, just them two. And they went out to this, this state park. And, and, uh, so the husband said, Hey, I'm going to go for a little walk. And she said, Well, I'm going to finish setting up, you know, the camp here. So you just go ahead on without me. So he went down some trails and he went on a walk. He was gone for about 45 minutes and he came back and he had cuts all over him. His, his clothes were torn. And she said, what happened to you? And he said, well, I was going down this path and there was a big snake right in the path. She said, well, the park ranger told us there are no poisonous snakes in this park. He said, hey, listen, it doesn't have to be poisonous if it makes you jump off a 20 foot cliff. So again, fear wants to make itself big. Fear wants to puff itself up. So I want to show you something this morning. And I think what, I, what we're going to talk about, it really, it has the ability to change your life. Uh, because I think Jesus is trying to get to something in this passage uh, that perhaps we have overlooked. And, and here's the principle. If we will begin to fear God, if we will begin to walk in the fear of the Lord... All of these earthly, natural fears that we face will begin to fade away. If we will begin to fear the Lord, the natural fears about having enough money, fears about our health, fears about our relationships, our kids, all all this stuff will begin to disappear and go away when we begin to fear the Lord and put our trust in him. So let me first quickly define what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is simply having a right attitude toward God. It's a respect, an awe, a reverence, and sensitivity for who God is and what he can do. And so it's a respect and obedience for all of his commandments and principles that he's given us to follow in the Bible. So it is not really fear as we use the term fear, but it's more like a belief, a respect, and a trust in God. Now, let me, let, me, let me make a statement this morning. The reason that we have so much fear in church today, 
I'm, I'm telling you, you can go to any church in America and there's just as much fear in the church as there is out there in the world. The reason we have so much fear in the church today is because we have not been living and operating in the fear of the Lord. Now, that's the whole reason. Let me let me give an example. Uh, you know, there's probably people in here that you know what the Bible says. You know what the Bible says. You know what the principles are, but you still choose to live together. I have people that come to my church all the time and, you know, people come and they, they want to talk to me about this teaching gift they have or whatever. Then I've realized that, man, they've gone through three or four marriages and they're living with somebody. They're shacking up. I'm like, what in the world, you know? Uh, but there's people, there's people who fill churches every Sunday who act, who act like they're following God, but they're, they're living uh, fornicating lives. They're living uh, adulterous lives. There, there are Christians who go to church and then they go down there in the week and they cheat people in business. They lie to the IRS and there's people out there uh, who, who, who they, in church, they act one way, but outside of the church, there is no difference. And so what we've learned is this. Even though we are supposed to fear the Lord, we're supposed to believe in the Lord, we're supposed to follow his commandments. And, and, and Jesus said, if we will do that, it will eliminate the other fears. But we are coming to church and saying one thing, doing one thing. We're going out doing a totally other thing. And so I just want to tell you today, if you want to get fear out of your life, if you want to eradicate fear, then you need to start obeying the principles of God. You need to, you need to start trusting God and believing in God. And if you will do this, I'm telling you, uh, the Lord will begin to just take this fear away from you. Now, some of you here this morning say, well, I don't really believe that what you're saying is true. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take just a few minutes and I'm going to walk you through what the Bible says are benefits to those who fear God. You know, the Bible is a great study. If you go through the Bible, it specifically says over and over and over again, if you fear God, you can have this benefit. And so let's, let's talk about that just for a minute this morning. The first one, the first benefit of fearing God is this. The fear of the Lord brings guidance into our lives. See, the number one fear that I hear people talking about is, what do I do? What do I do? How do I make this decision? Uh, do I take this job or not? Do we move or do we stay where we are? Do we put the kids in private school, public school? Do we homeschool? Uh, do we buy a house or do we rent? Do we buy a new car or do we buy a used car? In Psalm verse 25, Psalm chapter 25 and verse 12 and 14, it says this. Who then is the man who fears the Lord? He, talking about God, will instruct him in the way chosen for him. The Lord confides in those who fear him and makes his covenant known to them. So what does this say? It says that the man or woman who fears the Lord, that God will instruct him in the way chosen for him, that the Lord confides, the Lord reveals uh, things to people who choose to walk in, 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 the, in the fear of the Lord. And, you know, so the promise to you is that if you begin to fear the Lord, the promise of God to you is if you truly are trusting, believing, following God with everything you have, then his promise to you is that he will guide you, he will speak to you, and he will instruct you on the way you should go. Now, sometimes people say, well, 
I'm doing that, but I'm not hearing God. And so this leads to, to one other thing. Let me tell you a little story. Uh, this last year when my son went off to college, he went to the same college that I graduated from. So while he was doing all his orientation, I said, hey, let me walk around and see if there are any teachers, professors that are still here from when I was there. And I had this one history professor that I really enjoyed. I took a lot of his classes. So I went and knocked on the door. And lo and behold, he answered the door. And I'm like, man, he looks really old, you know? And, uh, and uh, so anyway, he said, he's telling me, yeah, you know, college just isn't the way that it used to be. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, look, at, look out at the quad. And his office over, looked over the quad. And, you know, the quad at Texas State, basically thousands of kids will have to walk this way between classes. And he said, look out there. And I, we look from his window. And you, you, he said, what I notice is this. This is how people are walking. You know, they're doing this or they got their headphones on and playing a video game while they're walking. He says, people don't communicate anymore. They don't talk. They're just walking around. And, you know, here's the thing. I've learned today that Christians are so busy and they got so much noise going on that even when God's trying to speak to them, he just can't. And so if you're walking the fear of the Lord, the promise to you is that he will speak to you, that he will instruct you, he will reveal his covenant to you. So if you're living that way, then the next thing that I would ask you to do is, uh, hey, maybe you just need to take a little break from Duck Dynasty, you know? Just turn some, oh, I just hit the Holy Grail there, didn't I? <laughs> Listen, if Uncle Cy was here right now, he's like, hey, hey, that's the fact, Jack. I mean, you gotta, listen, you gotta, you gotta allow, I mean, the creator of the universe wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal to you. And we are so busy with all the technological gadgets. We, we have noise going on so, so much that we can't even hear God speak. You know, it, it's funny, but I get revelation whenever I mow my grass because it's so loud that I can't hear interruptions. And it was, it was very interesting. Do you know, I don't know if you know, there's a new trend. This is probably a good trend, but all these soap operas are starting to go, they're starting to be canceled. Do you know why? Because now the, the mothers that stay at home used to do that. Now they're just spending three hours a day on Facebook. <laughs> We're just switching our poison up a little bit. Okay. And so listen, the word of God to your day is that, is that God will produce, he will bring guidance into our lives when we fear God. The next thing is this, the fear of the Lord brings prosperity with it. The fear of the Lord brings prosperity. The next fear besides what do I do, the next one is always, I don't have enough. Come on now, a lot of y'all said that this week. We don't have enough, we don't have enough for college, we don't have enough to pay for this, we don't have enough, we don't have enough. And uh, so financial fears are serious, they take their toll on their families, but God's plan is for us to be taken care of. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3, it says this, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. See, that's how you know if you're beginning to fear the Lord, that you delight in his commands. You know, it's not like we're going to read the Bible and obey half of it. You know, we start to delight in God's, in God's commands. It says, his children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. 
And so what I'm saying is, hey, you don't have to live forever in poverty. You don't have, I, listen, a lot of people today, we have a, a poverty complex, you know, and God doesn't want you to stay at poverty level. He wants you, he wants to bless you and he wants you to have enough to take care of yourself, your family, and to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. The third benefit is this, the fear of the Lord brings long life. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord adds length to life. But the years of the wicked are cut short. So all the focus on health problems we worry about, maybe the solution is to focus on God and not the sickness. The fourth one is this. The fear of the Lord blesses our children. Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3, it says, Blesses the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. So, hey, here's a thought. Stop worrying about your children and start worrying about yourself. Hey, however you want your kids to turn out, start doing that. You know, you want your kids to, oh, I want my kids to fear God. I want my kids to be established and go to a church and be involved in a church. Well, then you do that. You know that the average Christian in America goes to church 1.2 times a month. Hey, it doesn't matter if Jesus is preaching if you come 1.2 times a month. I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about, I mean, that just shows an utter lack of commitment to the kingdom of God. It shows an utter lack of commitment. But isn't that funny? We always want people to do what we want them to do, but sometimes we don't want to do that ourselves. And, and so whatever you want your kids to do, hey, you just start doing that. I want my kids to obey biblical principles. Hey, set the example. A few years ago, uh, my family and I, we went, we went on a ski trip and went to the little town of Red River and went skiing. And uh, so, you know, Red River is a really small community. And so on Saturday, I'm like, hey, we need to find a place to go to church on Sunday morning. My kids have never wanted me to do a devotional so bad in all my life. Hey, pops, we don't need to go to church. You just, you just do a devotional for us. You know, never in my life they're begging me to do a devotion with them, you know? And I'm like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go to church. And my whole thought was this. Hey, we're a Christian every week. Just cause I'm on vacation, you know, I still need to set the priority. Hey, we're gonna go to church. That's what we're gonna do. And we're Darnells, that's what we do. And my dad used to say, hey, um, you know, we're Darnells, we go to church, that's what we do. So one time I talked him into, he didn't make me go to Wednesday night service and ended up getting in trouble while he was gone. He's like, see, that's what happens when I give in. That will never happen again. Man, I'm rolling me, I'm like the paralytic, rolling me into church because I'm not staying home anymore, you know? You're sick, that's, dad, I'm, I'm sick, I got 103 degree fever. That's all right, God's going to heal you this morning, son. God's going to heal you, let's go, let's go, let's go. So anyway, we're going to find a church. There's not much of a choice. I mean, there's 500 people in this town. So we, I thought we picked the best choice. And so we get there and it was, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. We get there and, you know, we walk in there. It's about 150 people and everyone knows each other and no one says hi to us. I mean, that's a great way to start. Praise the Lord. You know, your, your day there. And, uh, so then, you know, just some stylistic things were different than what we're used to and some kind of strange stuff started happening. And, and Terry Mulder suddenly leaned over to me and said, dad, I told you. This is a bad idea. 
And I mean, at that point, I agreed with him. But hey, we're in now, you know. I'm like, thank you, you need to focus on Jesus right now, you know. But whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you want your kids to do, you need to do that. You need to do, they need to see that you're going to sacrifice in your walk with the Lord. And that, that will become a blessing to them. So we've talked about some, really some incredible blessings for those who fear the Lord. Guidance, prosperity, long life, and blessings overflowing to our children. Now, I want to say something this morning because I'm sure, first of all, in a room with this many people, I'm sure there, there are, are many people here this morning and you've never established a relationship with the Lord. You have never, you say, you know, Terry, you're talking about fearing the Lord. I've never even established a relationship with the Lord. And the very first thing that you need to do is, is uh, you need to fear the one who has the ability to control your destiny. And, and, you know, God doesn't want any to perish. That's why he sent his son. He sent his son out of compassion for us. But if you're here this morning and you have never given your life to the Lord, hey, you need to do that this morning. These blessings that I talked about, they become available to you when you give your life to the Lord. And that's the, the first and the foremost thing that we need to do. The second thing is this. Hey, there's many Christians here this morning. And if you're just honest this morning, I mean, if you're really honest, if you don't hide behind someone else, if you're really honest, you say, man, I have not been living my life in the fear of the Lord. Man, I have not there. I know there's principles in the Bible that I haven't been obeying that have put on the back shelf. Uh, my commitment to Jesus, my, my commitment to Jesus hasn't been what I know that the Bible outlines it to be. And so if you're here this morning, what, what we're going to do in a minute, I want you to come up and, and uh, just meet with someone up here, pray with somebody, and listen, make a commitment that today, today I'm going to change things. Today I'm going to change this area of my life. And, you know, what I found in church, a lot of people, they want to stay right where they are. And I'll do that when I go home. Will you? Will you? Because I feel like when the Lord is touching someone's heart, at that point, it's time to do business with God. At that point, you see, if the Lord's tugging on your heart and what you need to do is you need to, you need to respect the Holy Spirit and you need to do business with the Lord, with the Lord today. Would you stand with me this morning? Could I get the worship team to come up and could I get the prayer team to, to come forward this morning? Lord, your word is so clear. We thank you for your word. And God, we just, uh, we come before you and, and Lord, we know that we live in a society where there is a lack of respect. There's a lack of fear for the things of God. And Lord, your word clearly tells us that no, the fear of the Lord needs to be up front, it needs to be, it needs to be the, the, the priority in our lives today. And so, God, we just come before you this morning and ask that you are going to return the fear of the Lord into our lives. Lord, I pray that we are going to be a people who fears you. We're going to be a people who honors you. We're going to be a people that respects you. Now, with, with eyes closed and heads bowed, can I see I know there's some people here this morning that say, you know, Terry, I have never 
made a 100% commitment to Jesus. And I want to do that this morning. Is there any this morning like that is say, man, today, Terry, I want to, I want to, I want to do things right. I want to, I want to, I want to make that commitment to the Lord this morning. Is there anyone like that this morning? Then what I'm going to do is they lead us in worship. I'm just, I just want to open the altars up here today and You know, you may not even need to pray with somebody. You just may need to come up here and just get with God and say, God, forgive me for disobeying your commandments. God, forgive me because I haven't I haven't walked with fear and integrity and honesty towards you. And today I want to today I want to I want to make this right so that I can be delivered from all these natural fears. I want to establish the fear of God once again in my life this morning. As they begin leading in worship, would would you just come out of your chairs and, and just do business with the Lord this morning?